So it's the 15th of July, 2022. And we now have this opportunity to train meditation, developing samadhi, developing mindfulness, so that it merges with the heart. And we've studied the suttas about dukkha, the suffering, the cause that gives rise to the suffering, the path of practice that leads us out of this suffering, and that freedom from suffering, this neuroda. As all people desire to not have any pain or suffering, all people want to be happy. And the suffering is dukkha, something that we're all familiar with, the feeling of suffering that we have. We've studied that already, we understand it well. So we know that when the suffering arises, uh, that we feel ill at ease in our bodies, in the hearts. And we wish for that suffering to disappear quickly. Because when it comes up, then it causes a lot of agitation, confusion there within our hearts. When there's happiness that we experience, however, then we get deluded in that, we delight in that, and there's a sense of attraction, um, liking towards it. And this liking is what we call this uh, bhava dhanha, so there's wanting to be, wanting to have. And then when we meet with things that we don't like, then we don't want to have, we don't want to be. So there are three kinds of this uh, desire. So if there's this delight, then that is kama tanha, uh, this craving for sensuality. And then if there's wanting to be, wanting to have, that's power tanha. If there's wanting to not have, not be, then that's vipavadhanha, this refusing of that. And these three kinds of tanha, of craving, are the causes. And they arise from a not knowing, from delusion or avijja. This is their origin. So if we're going to talk about it in a concise way, we say there's avijja, this ignorance or delusion, and then craving and clinging. And if this avijja doesn't come to an end, then this process that gives rise to suffering is always present. It goes on um, from this ignorance to craving and then attachment. And then from that, um, then suffering comes up. Because wherever there's attachment, there will be suffering. There's becoming, there's birth. And so there can be becoming in the plane or the realms of the human, or lower than that, in the animal, hungry ghost, for instance, or higher, in the deva or brahma realms. And these are all births. So there can be births higher or lower than the human realm. 
And there's also the the birth that happens in the heart as well. And this is the birth of self, the birth of me and of mine. And when there's birth that comes up, then there'll be suffering that appears. I'm feeling the sorrow, lamentation, pain, grief and despair. This ill at ease of body and heart. So there's birth and then there's cessation. But it doesn't stop at that cessation. This process carries on. Because when there's suffering, then that suffering in turn is a cause. It's the cause for birth again. Then that goes to uh, becoming, and then attachment and craving, and then back to delusion. And then the cycle and starts over again. So this here is the cycle of samsara, of birth and death. Whenever there is contact uh, between the sense organs and sense objects, then there will be then there's a delusion there, and there's a craving and clinging that come from that, and it just goes without end. So sangsara goes on for such a long time. When we meet with this noble truth of suffering, this is something that none of us wish to have. Anger, for instance, or hatred, no one wants to have this, because it really tortures our hearts. We feel anguished. This having vengeance towards another person, this ill will, it's um, very painful. None of us like it. And if we don't train along this path to the freedom from suffering, then these things are always going to come up. So sometimes um, it happens very quickly. It's just a thought that comes up, and then immediately this anger um, arises. And there's no one who wants to experience this. No one wants anger. No one wants a will. But they experience these things because they haven't yet trained themselves. So we need to train ourselves in order to have wisdom. And then we'll see this noble truth of suffering and see it in a way that gives rise to wisdom. You see that wherever there is clinging, then there will be suffering. So it's like there's a fight that's going on in our hearts. There's the maga, this path of sila, samadhi, and panya, virtue, collectiveness, and wisdom. And if that has strength and energy to it, then ignorance will uh, go down. And when this ignorance, craving, and clinging cease, then suffering ceases. This dukkha just can't arise. And there's clear knowledge that appears. This niroda, cessation, appears. So as practitioners, we need to set our hearts on training our minds. Because if we don't do this, then delusion will constantly be appearing within them. So we need to train in order to give rise to knowledge, as clarity. And why do we still attach to things as being me and mine, as a self, 
This attachment is something that has been deeply buried in our hearts for a very long time. This Sakaya Ditti, if you could translate as a deeply embedded view. And it's been there for so many um, becomings and births. We've had this me and mine very deeply ingrained in our hearts. And when it's embedded in this way, then trying to extract it is going to take time. Taking out something that's very deeply embedded, it does take effort and time. Initially, however, in the training of our minds, we depend upon a self. And so we use that self initially, such as, I am someone who is generous. And it's not that we just don't train, it's not that we don't do anything. If there is true wisdom that's there, then all we have to know is that the things that we take to be a self are really not self, and then we see the Dhamma. Or if our Bharami is full, then we can attain to the Dhamma. So if we're not there yet, if we haven't yet reached that point, then we need to rely upon the self. But we um, develop the self so that it cultivates goodness. This is a self that desires goodness, that doesn't wish for, uh, for suffering. It's a self that we take to walk following this path that the Buddha taught. There were people who are generous, people who are virtuous. And the good results that come from this virtue is inner coolness, peace and happiness, that we don't harm one another. So as a result, we experience this happiness and peace. We help each other out. We've got kindness for one another. We have thoughts of wishing to help those in suffering. If people gain good things, then we're happy for them as well. We also see that sometimes in this world, um, there is delusion that is in control of people's minds. And so they do some harmful things, but we in turn forgive them. And this is upeka, this equanimity. It's something that's a bit hard to do, but it's also something we need to train in. So when we have this divine quality of metta, loving-kindness there, then our practice of keeping the precepts becomes quite an easy thing, it's not hard. We're able to live together in society well, helping each other out. So one of the standards of practice at Wat Nombapong, um, Ajahn Chah's monastery, was that whenever there were things that the community gained, offerings that were made, then they would get pulled together into a kind of um, communal uh, source, and then they would be distributed. So they go to the senior monks first, and then down to uh, the last monk, and then to the novices. Ajahn Chah also taught that it's the duty of all the monks to help out those who are unwell. Because in the monastic society that we're in, 
We don't have a mother or father to look after us. We're the children of the Buddha. So we need to have kindness, helping each other out, caring for those who are sick. And this is the standards of practice that we keep. And we also maintain this kindness towards one another in our hearts. We share our things out. And we're not selfish. And sometimes, perhaps, our views differ from one another, but we don't get into really kind of arguing or fighting with one another due to that. Because we maintain this awareness that all of us just want happiness. None of us want to suffer, and that's true for everyone. We have virtue, a sila, that is even in body, speech, and mind, even between us having kindness for one another. And if different people have different views, then we shouldn't worry about that, but we should just put those things down. We have these divine qualities or abidings, they're looking after our hearts. And when we have these divine qualities, um, then these bring up as peace, santi. is the peace of sila, or virtue. But it's also natural that just sila is not enough to free us from suffering. But it does give us a lot of happiness. However, in the heart, there is still disliking there. There's still anger, there's still hatred, still some ill will. And so, therefore, we need to depend upon this training, because we still have the sense of self. So, initially, we need to train the sense of self, until we see the true self. So, we develop samadhi, develop meditation, cultivate mindfulness, making these qualities firmly established. Until this ignorance goes away, all of the five hindrances, they disappear, and we experience this lightness and peace within the heart. And right here we meet with a different kind of happiness, one that we've never experienced before. This is the happiness that comes from samadhi. Is this joy there within our hearts, a sense of inner contentment, something that we've never experienced before. So we have studied the teachings of the Buddha, that there's this ignorance there within the heart. And we need to get to a point until where we understand this with clarity, that there is really no me, no mine. Here the heart becomes brighter than it was before. And this uh, delusion which we've had for such a long time, uh, becomes less and less. We've been deluded in becoming and birth for an extremely long time now. We still want to be free from suffering, though. If we don't see this truth, then we won't experience that. And if we do see the truth, then we see the Dhamma. So as practitioners, we want to know, we want to see the Dhamma, but we need to practice with a sense of letting go as well. 
When we see the Dhamma, we see that all the things that we took to be a self are actually not self, that this is their true nature. And thereby the suffering in our hearts gets less and less. So what do we do then to gain this insight? We need to be firm in our efforts, have this faith to set our hearts on walking this path. And we know this path already, this path of sila, samadhi and panya. So what's left is for us to do it, to do it a lot, develop it a lot. And then our hearts will become purer little by little until we gain a clear understanding which is able to destroy those things which have been so deeply buried in our hearts for a long time. This happens slowly but surely, however, and it does depend upon time. But whether it takes a long time or a short time is up to our barami, our virtues that we've collected already. But when we see this, then our heart separates out. It's like it goes out of the world, it orbits around the world. And we see into Lokutara, this transcendence and emptiness. Here we touch emptiness, but we can't stay there. We need to return to the world. This is a kind of feeling that comes up in the heart. But now, however, we have this really firmly set effort, because we've seen with clarity already. But there's still this strong cord which is pulling us back. And we still have this attachment to a self. It's like there's something that's binding us here. It's like there's kind of a rope with a hundred strands to it. And we've cut one of those strands. And there's a feeling of emptiness within the heart. It's like uh, the heart kind of leaves. But there are still those 99 strands left. And those pull us back, back into this self. But we have energy to our mindfulness, energy to our samadhi, and we can sustain that. And then when the mind gathers together again, we contemplate again and are able to cut away at these defilements again. And that's a feeling, this is how we feel in the heart when this happens. So we carry on doing that and our views, wrong views, become less and less. Until one day we see with clarity, see into not-self, sila, samadhi, panya gathers together, there are no more doubts anymore. And we see this Buddha, this nature of awakening there within our hearts. You get a feeling that we don't want anything in this world because we see none of it has any value. All of the things in the world are that way. And said we set our hearts on this practice. For all of us, we're fortunate in that we're not content with just being generous. This generosity, it's just kind of the foliage, the leaves of the tree of Buddhism. Sila, virtue, is the bark of that tree. And samadhi is the sapwood. And seeing the Dhamma is the very heart, the heartwood of that tree. So we need to try to enter into that heart. 
and our suffering steadily reduces. Even though there's still suffering there, we have the wisdom to be able to solve that. So may you set your hearts during this three months of this rains retreat, this year 2022. Really set yourself um, on this. And it's possible that you may see the Dhamma in this year if your Bharami is full. So may you be firm in this practice, really give it your best. May you set your hearts on this. <laughs>